It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcat. Welcome to Postcast. The Jazz get blown out badly by the Houston Rockets. We'll discuss how big a deal it is. We'll discuss the Rams and the Patriots. No, we actually probably won't. But we should because that would be a better conversation than this. It's all coming up on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by the store at 6200 South, 20 of these. Get your last-minute Super Bowl needs and all the other things you might need over at the store at 6200 South, 20 of these. Did you go today? To what? The store. Oh, no, tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Oh, you're going tomorrow Tomorrow, morning. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He didn't listen to me. In the, we communicated as well yeah. as the Jazz defense did in the fourth quarter tonight. Yeah. All right. Um, the Rockets came out and kicked the crap out of the Jazz tonight. Like, early on, it was a good game. The Jazz actually led the game. 42-39 with 7-10 left in the second quarter, and then the Rockets just shut down the Jazz offense. Uh, the offense, both defenses actually, it was a high-scoring game, but they the were playing at an incredible pace. And so the defenses were actually ruling the day throughout. And the story tonight really, truly, is the Jazz' inability to score. People will talk about Harden and fouls and Harden and this. The Jazz could not score. Why could the Jazz not score tonight? Well, uh, first of all, because Houston Rockets did not let the Jazz get into the paint. They did not let them break them down to the points where their defense was scrambling. Uh, switching one through five, kept the Jazz out on the perimeter, kept the Jazz shooting jump shots. And whenever they were trying to drive, there was like two or three people that was just in there forcing, forcing our shots. But I think more importantly, the Jazz aren't very good late in the shot clock. And, and – you know, James Harden is. And, uh, so that really helps Houston Rockets as far as uh, winning ball games. The other thing we're not very good at is early in the shot clock. And yeah. we were trying to avoid that switching so much, Ron. It felt like we were forcing and pressing and pushing the offense early into, like, almost a game that we're not comfortable with and don't know how to play very well. Well, I, I think that the mindset and what the Jazz may have been thinking is that they knew that the Houston Rockets wanted to switch one through five. And so what they were trying to do is get started early enough to where to the point where now the defense is scrambling, but it didn't work. Uh, they weren't making shots. They turned it over. Donovan Mitchell was able to drive into the paint, got up in the air, and, and, the, and the Rockets were not leaving those three-point shooters alone to the point where they, you know, they were just relying on the defense to protect the basket. And, and in the meantime, they were protecting the three-point line. There were a bunch of plays early in the game where exactly what Ron about Donovan did it, Ricky did it, where they drove, jumped in the air to make the pass, mm-hmm. threw it right to a rocket yeah. because there was no place to go uh, with the offense at that point. The, the Rockets do some interesting things, Ron. They switch and what they call, I believe, contact switches. So what it means is that when you switch on your new defender, you have to go touch them. Uh-huh. And what that does is a lot of times when you switch, you end up backing up to guard area. But when you go out to touch them, there were all these times where if you think about the Jazz from a football analogy, it was as though if, a, if 24 seconds is a d- four downs, they were, they were going from first and 10 to second and 12 to third and 14. They were moving, literally moving backwards on offensive possessions. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great way of putting it, too. I mean, right. it got that mental picture is exactly what right. you were talking about. Because you were, we were Fourth in less, down and 10, and yeah. We were in we're less ready. good situation as the possession went on because of that switching. And what I don't understand entirely is why the Jazz, against the, in the playoffs at times, the Jazz were able to slip. Maybe the Rockets were back to holding and not getting the call, getting called for it. But 
the Jazz just couldn't get that same slip game or space game that they've gotten so well against other teams. So, so, many, so often the Jazz have gotten themselves going by breaking the defense down, get the defense scrambling. They get those open looks. They knock down threes. Everybody's into the ball game. I thought that's what was going to happen early when the ball game first started. The first two loose balls the Jazz came up with, Joe Ingles knocks down a three from the corner. I just thought, okay, Jazz are ready. They're going to get into this, and uh, it didn't work. But, you know, you have to give the Houston Rockets credit for the way they played the Jazz, and, and they stuck with, with the game plan. The Jazz just did, couldn't answer. Alex Bickmore says, there's only a few guys scoring for Houston. Why not trap and double team more? Well, they have seen all the trap and double teams all season long. Every team, there are 29 other teams other than the Houston Rockets, and believe me, they do the same. They try to trap, they double team, they try to trap and release, they try to force James Harden to his right. It's the spacing of the Houston Rockets that really get them the kind of shots that they get. If you start trapping and he keeps his dribble alive, you stay with the trap, that's opening everything up in the middle of the floor. And now the ball movement, and those guys are hanging around the three-point line. They got three-point looks. You talked all night long about the spacing, Ron. That just jumped out at you. It's just it's unbelievable that how often the Jazz were able to get into the paint. Now, we got one of the – Sorry, the, the Rockets. The Rockets, rather. Uh, we got the best rim protector in the league. And they just, uh, for the most part, took him out of the ball game because of that. Because once they start opening up things, Rudy's a little bit away from the basket. Now Rudy has to recover – and try to keep James Harden or Gordon or whoever from getting to the basket. And that little pass to uh, Fareed, I mean, he was catching it eight feet away from the basket and just exploding. In, in no way Rudy could protect that. Ron, the Jazz, I believe, are now 10 and 17 against teams that are 500 or better. Mm-hmm. 10 and 17. Is that, should that be a bit disconcerting? I, I think it should. I don't think the Jazz should worry that much about it right now. I, I think maybe after in going into March, it, it, they they need to start concentrating on, on taking care of those those teams. The big thing here is taking care of the teams that are under 500 and keeping keeping that edge for the most part and give yourself. You just have to give yourself a chance here late late in the year. I guess maybe I mean as you evaluate where the Jazz sit in the Western Conference. If you're not beating any teams or above five, if you're losing almost two out of three against above 500 teams, that's there. There aren't any below 500 teams left in the playoffs. Yeah, pretty soon they're gonna be thinking you as one of those right. under 500 teams. Yeah, that's, right. I get your point. All right, enjoy the Super Bowl. And Jazz got James Harden was great, by the way. We didn't even talk about him. It was just unbelievable. Nobody, there, nobody's had an offensive stretch in this game. I mean, you you saw Wilt? Were you around for Wilt? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so I have never seen the, anyone like James Harden. No Who's one. more dominating, Wilt when he was on his run or Harden right now? I think two different positions, and, and, and I really think, you know, some of the old-timers that don't understand the game right now, they're going to say Wilt. Um, I'm going to say this stretch that, that he's having is more difficult than Wilt Chamberlain. He's like-sized, right? Yeah, Nobody exactly. was like-sized to Wilt. Exactly. All right, have a good one. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. See you. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.